You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Since about June last year, there's been one question burning on everyone's mind, and that is, what's Brandon been up to? Well, he's become a dad. For those of you wondering, one of the original hosts of our show went and did that thing of becoming a parent. And uh, man, I've been waiting for this one. We're going to get to ask him what he's what he's been dadding at and what, what do dads geek out on? It turns out a little bit of bluey might be the trick. Hey, guys, welcome to Systematic Geekology. We are the Priest of the Geeks. I'm Joshua Knoll, and I'm here with the myth, the legend, the man himself, uh, Father Brandon Knight. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like sounds like now he's a real priest of the geek. Father Brandon. <laughs> Father Brandon. Yes. He's not a actual ordained priest for those one. <laughs> no, I am not. You do know that after I left that like the audience here exploded like quadruple the amount of listeners. So I, like no, by no. by way of the question ev- on everyone's mind, you're talking about like Ryan Doe's. He's literally the only person who's probably wondering where I've been at for the past eight months. But hello, SG. It has <laughs> been far too long. Uh, like Josh said, it's uh, I, it's been about since June, July of last year. Since the last time I was here, Josh, do you remember what that episode was? I, I fact checked. Yes, it. it was the Harrison Ford. Yeah, I I did enjoy that. I yeah, always that was good. One. About Harrison Ford, though. So that's. I mean, there's a <laughs> I might why, be biased. Why not talk about Harrison Ford? Yeah. Initially, yeah. when you guys were like, "Let's do one on Harrison Ford," I was like, "But what? Okay, fine." <laughs> you know what this is, though, don't you? No, no what? pressure on you or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if you remember uh, Benedict Cucumber Patch. He had the show Sherlock. Yes. And at the end of, was it season one or season two, the character fell off and it looked like he died, but then it turned out he didn't. Mm-hmm. And everybody was trying to figure out what happened to him. And that's when the show's number spiked up because everybody was talking about that. That's huh. what happened here. You left and everybody's like, what happened to that guy? So they've what all been happened? just eagerly listening Waiting. to see if we'll ever finish the story. And here it is. Here it is. Here he's we back are. to tell us what I he's do. been dadding. <laughs> I do like the fact that uh, since I left, you've added a Star Trek captain. Is that Janeway? I don't know if that's Janeway or not, but you've added a Star Trek. Well, tr- <laughs> you've added a Trekkie. You ended get you added Gandalf and you have two Spider-Men. Wait, way to go to embrace that multiverse thing. I appreciate that. Well, if memory serves me correctly, you should go to patreon.com slash systematic geekology and support the show. So that way you can get extra geeky content like one of my favorite Patreon specials, comic book catch up, where we talk about some of the uh, comic books that we've been reading all throughout the month. That was always my favorite Patreon spot. Uh like Josh said, I was one of the original hosts here. I was the Invisible Man. I'm still the only person repping the horror genre. Um, and I like how SG has become like a real comic book because you have you started with a group of people. Some people have gone off onto their own adventures. You have your core group. You've added people. And now it's that random issue where that one guy from a long time ago is back for another adventure and will literally disappear because I'm the Invisible Man. <laughs> until a later date it's dax dax okay <laughs> also i, I love you come on and start plugging our patreon <laughs> oh like, this is great man wonderful content this is not a full return i'm gonna say that though for everyone who's having a great time and for everybody who's still listening and 
for some reason. Uh, this is not a full return. Life is still pretty crazy with my own podcast, my seminary life. Being a stay-at-home dad does take up a lot of my time. My son is hopefully napping right now, or he's just having a peaceful moment to himself. He's not crying, so that's <laughs> yeah. that's what we're hoping for. Uh, but those things do keep me pretty tied up. But the plan is, now that my seminary schooling is done, the podcast will go on. But now that the schooling is done, I will be popping in and out for these random one-shot adventures. Possibly, if you do really like talking about Bluey, you know, I've, <laughs> I have watched, I think we're getting to that part when we talk about stuff we've been geeking out on. I've watched a lot of kid shows in... <laughs> 11 months you know that could be an interesting thing in of itself but we're, we are going to focus in on one today guys yes. uh i know this has been very scattered but i'm just excited to talk to my friend brandon which if you want to hear us talk more we've both been guesting a lot on one another's other shows that's true that's, that's a fun sentence yeah so check out my seminary life and the whole church podcast if you want to hear more from both of us and then we're going to jump into this one we're talking about bluey we're also going to talk a little bit about animal crossing because yes. brandon brought up part of why bluey's a phenomenon right now is the same reason animal crossing was probably early pandemic of it just kind of having like that childlike innocence and wonder could you kind of just mm -hmm. expound on that sure yeah so for those of you who have never played, I'll start with the Animal Crossing part. So for those of you who haven't played Animal Crossing, that is a game that is part of the farming game genre, also sometimes considered cozy gaming, where mm, it's yeah. a it's a game with very low stakes, bright colors, happy, peaceful music, very fun animations and very simple to play. The general gist of every version of Animal Crossing is you live with a bunch of anapromorphic animals, you have a house, you're <laughs> paying off your mortgage, you're furnishing your home, you're decorating the area you live in. And I know that sounds like a lot of work, but trust me, it's not like Sims where you have very <laughs> literal real life things like you're doing laundry and everything it, it really the real world stuff stops there yes you do pay off your mortgage for your house but it is just a very simple very light-hearted game where uh, a lot of people i have found who deal with issues with anxiety depression mental health related issues do enjoy playing these mm. types of games because it's it's uh, a dopamine hit that a lot of us who are a part of that community needs. You know, it's a break from it can be a very healthy break from the stress and the um, just the pain of real life. It can be a very healthy alternative to get away from that and to play these kinds of games. Animal Crossing, another popular one would be like Stardew Valley. My wife loves a game called Cozy Grove, where you're basically yeah. a um, you're like a Girl Scout helping ghost bears remember their lost memories there's yeah. another one called Weird. on a hike take a hike something like that where you're a penguin climbing a mountain and i swear that one was designed by millennials <laughs> our age because the dialogue in the game sounds like how we talked in 2012 like i'm pretty sure someone said pwned at one point um <laughs> that's funny 
Yes. So Animal Crossing is this like it's it's been a very popular. It's been a regular Nintendo game for decades now. I think it does go back at least to Nintendo 64, possibly even earlier than that. Uh, The first version that I played was the one for the GameCube. I played it in college, Mm -hmm. though. My uh, my friend had a GameCube and the game, and that was how I spent a lot of my freshman year in between doing homework and classes was playing Animal Crossing. What about you? I've said a lot of words. What's your experience with Animal Crossing? You say freshman, you mean like college? Freshman year of college. Yeah, that was the first time I ever played. The GameCube was out while you were like, no, 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 no. I see what you mean now. We had some vintage older than me. (laughs) No, okay, that makes sense. Because I was like, I remember playing this in like middle school, I felt like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, based on when the GameCube came out, that does make more sense. But no, we just had a GameCube. Okay. One of my roommates brought theirs to college and he brought his copy of whichever one of Animal Crossing was for the GameCube. And that was, yeah. But what about you? For me, I usually get the newest Nintendo system for really just three different reasons. Um, Okay. Mostly two, now three. Usually it's just Mario Kart, Super Smash Bros. Okay. Switch also happened to have Pokemon. So that's why I was getting the handheld devices. So now that they're both like in one spot, I'm like, that's Uh, cool. Because I did. Yeah, I would literally got a DS just for Pokemon. I don't think I had a single other game on it. Well, Kingdom Hearts, but, you know, that's a given. Um. (laughs) But yeah, that was it. That was it. Those are the only games I had on it. So GameCube, I got it because the new Smash Bros was coming out. And then I was like, well, I have the system. I as well have other games. You know, I'm a kid. I can ask for other stuff for Christmas than just one game. Right, right. Yeah. So some stuff like Animal Crossing, Pikmin, and some of those ended up making it in there as well. (laughs) Um, Some of the other games that are like from Smash Bros, you know, you get a Zelda game because who's this guy or Star Fox Adventures because I want to know more about him. That kind of stuff. But yeah. Yeah, mostly it was for those two, but Animal Crossing snuck in there because I was like, other people were playing it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't immune to peer pressure. <laughs> I'm like, that's Might a, we'll try this. <laughs> that's a good peer pressure right there, playing Animal Crossing. Yeah, it ended up being like in between other games. I would go back to see how like my little area was doing. So it wasn't nice. even like a game that I was just sitting down to play. It was like, I'll come back and, and see how it's doing later. <laughs> you must have had <laughs> you know? a lot of weeds in your area then. Yeah. Yeah, that's so what I happened. clean it all up, make yeah. it look good, and then come back the next time and do it again. Do it again. I get that. I need to find my, my GameCube so I can see how bad it is now. Oh, man. <laughs> all these years later. Oh, <laughs> man. It's just a weed. The whole thing is just a this single is one <laughs> giant weed. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like oh, the man. rumor weed in VeggieTales. Do you remember that yeah, one? Perfect. Larry Boy. Yes. Yeah. God, that was great. <laughs> um, But see, one thing I found interesting, though, is Animal Crossing Islands or Horizon, whatever it is, New came Horizons. out at the perfect time. So oh, we've all been kind of waiting nostalgia bits since GameCube. They didn't release one on Wii, I don't think. I don't think so. And then this comes out on the Switch, and it comes out right during COVID. Spring so 2020, this, man. <laughs> yeah, man. So you have this like duality of like weird things going on where like from the outside, it's like, man, all these people got stuck inside where they can't do their normal lives. And now they're on a video game where they're working and paying off their mortgage and doing normal right. life. There was no Animal Crossing mask you had to wear. But then, <laughs> kind of like what you were talking about, like, I feel like it was just this nice, relaxing thing. And probably the time that was the least relaxing time we've lived through 
perhaps we will live through, depending on what happens with Russia and Ukraine. Sure. Yeah, no, that's that is very true. It did come out at the best possible time for a, uh, a healthy alternative, a healthy break from the the hot mess that was the entirety of 2020. The um, yeah. I'm trying to think. I got it. I got it when it came out, which is one of the few times I don't buy yeah. games right when they come out um, because I'm cheap. I do not want to pay <laughs> 60 bucks for a brand new game. I still don't have Smash Bros. Ultimate because oh, it dude. still has not come down in price. It's I know. <laughs> I, I know it is. I just don't want to pay that much money. But with Animal Crossing New Horizons, <laughs> for Animal Crossing New Horizons, no, I, I wanted it immediately because I had never owned my own Animal Crossing game before. And my wife, Claire, she had never played one, never even heard of the game. And I was like, I'm about ready to change your life. And then our life actually <laughs> changed changed with Man. what happened in 2020. And she just came, got hooked on the game. Man. Yeah, that was such a wild time. I got married like a week or two before everything became a big deal. That it was like, did you really? Animal Crossing? And that it was like, what is, what is the world right now? <laughs> what is the world? What's this Tiger King thing all about? <laughs> For real, I had to work during it all because I was at I was at Chipotle, and oh, okay. my brother's living situation was weird. He ended up being with us for a few weeks. Okay, and my wife did not have to work during that time, so there for about a week, I was come home every day, and they were just updating me on this thing called Tiger King, and I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is wrong with you people? I still have not watched Tiger King, and I was I, home for the first I, two. I, months I watched of it, COVID and I still don't too. get it. <laughs> you still don't get it? Okay, whatever. Why? That oh, is man. not something that is relaxing. That show <laughs> exploded in popularity again because of the timing of everything. That yeah, was like the, was the hot bored. release. <laughs> yeah, that was our first option. We watched all the Star Wars movies. Moving on. Mm, good, good stuff. Yeah. So, so a, a similar phenomenon happened. I, I guess it's been on for a while, but I haven't started hearing about it until like maybe later last year, early this year. Yeah, how everybody seems to be into the show Bluey. Even some of my friends my age who don't have kids are like, yeah, this show's great. So while, while you have been in your, your dad experience, when did Bluey come on the horizon for you? We've always been aware of Bluey because, like you said, it's been for the past, I would say maybe two years. It, it was right around the same time, I would say slightly post-2020, when this phenomenon started of this show on Disney Plus uh, from Australia started getting super popular and super noticeable. It's a show for kids. It's a it's a children's show that captured the hearts of not just kids, but as Josh was saying, grown adults without kids as well, who tune in to watch Bluey, her sister Bingo and her parents <laughs> just play. That's that's really Are what the every actually just named mom and dad. It the dad is bandit and the mom is chilly. Okay, because I feel like yeah. I never see their name. Oh, okay, they <laughs> in, rarely in say them. I'm like I just what the they rarely say the mom's name. The dad's name comes up every once in a while. Yeah, I feel like I could hear that though. Someone say bandit and me just think that was like a. You know, like something like you just called him rather than like his name. <laughs> That's just something Australian people say, right? Um, yeah, that was the thing, too. I was surprised that it was it was Australian. And I, I, I'm kind of curious about this. A lot of times 
it's hard for shows to make it from like England, Australia to the US. You know, mm-hmm. it happens a lot one way and not that often the other way around. I'm not sure if the same sure. is true with cartoons, though. So I don't know. I'm interested. I'm interested to find out. Yeah. But you no, it is Australian. Write us and let us know. Right. And this actually has been a very new addition to my son's TV lineup. I've got to talk very specifically to the parents listening to this show because there are many ways to parent. And my wife and I's philosophy on parenting is do what's best for you and your kid. So what we have been doing with our son is that during the day when I am home with him, there are three specific times when the TV is on. And when he was itty bitty (laughs) and, you know, during that phase where he basically just lays there and stares at you and doesn't do much and sleeps most of the day, I watched a lot of TV. Like if you would have had me on the show back in like September or October, I would have had a whole list of stuff to talk about. (laughs) Uh, But basically, since I would say the beginning of this year, it has predominantly been children's programming that is on the TV. And that's fine. And my wife and I, we value trying to find these shows that are more educational, teaching him mm-hmm. stuff, or is baby sensory, like baby Einstein's Hey Bear, things like that. Um, so we've been doing this kind of routine of a couple times throughout the day, the TV is on of stuff for him to watch. Sometimes he sits there and watch it. Sometimes he's playing and I'm <laughs> watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. But yeah, hot dog. Yeah, hot dog. Uh, right, The show that we put on right before bedtime is Bluey. And this Good has started one. within this past month. And it has it, it, it does have this Animal Crossing cozy gaming it factor of it being very low stakes. It is a kid show after all, but it's very mm-hmm. low stakes, very bright colored, soft, happy music and not really like i would say it's not necessarily educational you do have some of these like life skill moments as bluey and bingo are learning how to be good siblings with each other or there's a misunderstanding at school and the kids have to kind of figure their way through the misunderstanding Mm -hmm. but for the most part it's just It's a big emphasis on imaginative play. Both Mm -hmm. parents are very involved in their kid's life. Actually, as a stay at home dad, I feel like I have like proper representation because Bandit is a stay at home (laughs) dad as well. Um, And you just have what you bandit. Am I a bandit? I I, oh, man. New avatar. New avatar time. (laughs) Anyway, just bandit's body with Brandon's face on (laughs) my face. There's a very black beard, just just very clearly photoshopped too. Like nothing like the others. Like actually, just your face. (laughs) You're just you just really you just really phoned it in on this one. (laughs) And I think for a lot of parents. Part of the appeal of this show is that it's not super repetitive. You, There are a lot of these kids shows like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse that it's it's the same thing over and over. And there's only so many times you can hear them say, oh, toodles before you're ready to throw the TV. But with Bluey, it's it's, it's different in every episode. There's a lot of imaginative play. The parents are like hashtag goals. Like this is who you <laughs> should try to be is try to be Bandit and Chili. And it's 
it again during a time where we always talk about like the pandemic ended at midnight 2020 and we moved into 2021 <laughs> but we still have covid still a real thing there's still we're still healing a mm-hmm. lot from 3 years later from 2020 and i think it still hits that like comfort food mark for a lot of people of let's just not watch the news tonight and watch these great five to 10 minute long episodes of bluey. Yeah. And it's like some of it sheds interesting lights on things. That's like kind of cool that I've enjoyed. Um, But yeah, as far as like, like the comfort thing for sure. Right. Like even going back, like when we were talking about animal crossing, it was like, man, instead of thinking of people, how the number of people dying is skyrocketing and what new thing Donald Trump decided to say or what the other politician <laughs> said in response, you know, all that stuff that's constantly on the news is like, man, I could just uh, plant an apple and watch it become a tree really quickly on Animal Crossing. Maybe, you know, right. chop some wood for no reason. Pull a couple weeds, go fishing, add it to my museum that I have for some reason. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and now it's like, Especially as the, the political cycles kind of coming back around, we're kind of getting into that mm-hmm. gross time again, and we still haven't quite recovered from the last gross stuff. And it's like, oh yeah. man. And that's like, man, or instead, I could think about four Australian dogs, <laughs> you know, and watch them play pretend. Play watch Stumpfest was the episode that I think really got me. So I started off okay. at the beginning, um, which starts with Magic Xylophone. And because I did my best to not know anything about it going in other than, you know, I knew it was dogs. I didn't know that nice. he was being a good dad at first. Like, I thought maybe this was actually a magic xylophone. You know, they'd hit it and freeze <laughs> and he actually would just stopped completely. And I was like, OK, this is interesting. And I was like, oh, no, he's actually just a good dad and is letting his kids play. Just basically ruin his face and stuff <laughs> for yeah. entertainment. And I'm like, OK, cool, cool kept watching it where i'm like man this is just a kid show i didn't quite get the phenomenon i still don't know if i do quite get it because it's a lot bigger than what makes sense to me if that makes sense okay but i started going through people's favorite episodes that they've been posting online so i went to stump fest man uh it was so cool three dads are together and they're gonna be tearing up the stumps and the moms are watching turns out the moms are making jokes back and forth they very much have like the wine mom vibe to me <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and they're just kind of like watching the bed and occasionally making jokes, whatever. And the kids are like, oh, we're going to make this other one a nail salon. And <laughs> dad's like, okay, sure, you can do that. But just know when we're done with this stump, we are tearing that one down. Do not get attached to it. <laughs> like, even Warner's like, repeat after me. And uh, to everyone's surprise, she in fact did get attached as Morgan Freeman narrates over. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were like, no, dad, you can't. And then the moms are like, yeah, no, stop the stump. Save the stump. <laughs> I was like, and then the one mom goes to the other one's like, aren't you the one who wants him to do this? Oh, yeah, that's right. I wanted to put a pond in. <laughs> and then she starts shouting again, save the stump. <laughs> and, you know, it's just so funny because I'm like, yeah, that's uh, my friends who are periods. Yeah, that's that's the vibe. <laughs> and then like. Watching the whole thing, and then when the mom at the end explains to Bluey, like, because Bluey's like, it's not fair, you shouldn't stop someone from playing. She goes, well, you were getting in his way of playing. It's like, he's not playing, he's doing work. It's like, sit here and watch with me for a minute. <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. the dads are, like, tearing up, going, wow, you did so good. And they're, like, laughing up and stuff. And she's like, oh, they are played. And that's like, oh, <laughs> man, yeah, that's right. That's what we grown-ups do for play. <laughs> right. I, I do like 
there are a lot of those episodes where the teaching moment is more of a sit back and observe type of teaching moment rather than the kids let's count to six it's it's more of a sit back and watch one episode i really liked was i I think it was called bike every episode starts with bluey saying this episode of bluey is called bike and that's (laughs) and bluey is having a really hard time learning how to ride her bike and she gives up she goes and she sits with her dad on the park bench and they watch bingo and two of the other i think it's bingo muffins who's one of their cousins and one of their (laughs) other friends and bingo's having trouble with the water fountain muffins is having trouble putting on her backpack and the other friend is too short to do the monkey bars and what i thought this was going to be was a natural kids moment of dad encouraging bluey to go help each one of her friends her sister and her uh cousin to do the thing they're trying to do instead her dad tells her just sit and watch and each one of them gets frustrated each one of them gives up but then they sit back look at the thing they're trying to do come at it from a different angle and they're able to get a drink from the water fountain, put their backpack on, do mm-hmm. the monkey bars. And it's from that that Bluey learns, OK, sometimes when you get frustrated, you just need to sit back, think about it from a different point of view and then go try again. And so the episode ends with her walking away to go try to ride her bike again. So that's those are some of the cool teachable moments. Like Josh said, there are some hilarious episodes. One of my favorites is Shadowland, where <laughs> It's kind of like the floor is lava, but they play outside and you can only walk around in areas that is that are shadowed and everything in the sunlight is like the ocean, I think is what they said. And so that was like the whole episode was Bluey and Bluey and two of her friends, I think, running around (laughs) in the shadow land, playing like this big adventure. And then like a car (laughs) would pull out of the parking lot at the park. And so now there was this huge gap of sunlight. Okay, how do we get across a lot of like, you know, if you ever played Flora's Lava, it's a lot of that. That sounds fun. We should SG get together um, in Florida. Super challenging round. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Or sometimes you have like these more artistic style episodes. I can't Mm -hmm. remember what it was called. I think it was camping was the episode. And Bluey and her family, they go camping for the for the day or for the weekend. And Bluey meets another dog while they're out camping. Mm -hmm. And she befriends this other dog who is French and only speaks French. Mm. And so part of the episode the learning moment of the episode is bluey and this french dog learning how to communicate learning how to communicate with each other when they don't speak each other's language and i guess i'll spoil it i guess if you care about spoilers for a kid's show that's you know hit the fast forward button here in a second But what's like one of those like knife to the chest moments is that at the end of the episode, Jean-Luc Picard, Jean-Luc leaves. Nice. Jean-Luc leaves before Bluey's family does. And Bluey's really upset about it. But they had planted a seed like the night before a couple days before as they were playing, they had planted a seed. And it shows like a montage of that seed growing into a tree 
and then Bluey walking back to the tree as a teenager, not as a small puppy anymore. And Jean-Luc walking up as a teenager and also has learned English by this point. And so it's this real like, oh, that's awesome moment. Yes, it's a really good episode. Uh, And there's there's so many. It's all of this imaginative play in every episode as well. You know, the problem I have with that, though, is now it's like spoilers. We know that Bluey at least survives until her teens. True. True. <laughs> like, there's going to be a lot oh, of yeah, seasons yeah. of the show. I think season three has just come out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So this is fun. It's fun. Just like talking about like episodes and stuff that we that we both have seen. You've definitely mm-hmm. seen more. Um. I, I remember the baby race. Speaking of ones that are like just fun, like observational things okay we don't need to be so competitive but i really liked um how in the episode i'm trying to think i think it's called flat box the parents are trying to put together a bench a swinging bench kind of deal okay and they're like discarding stuff as they do throwing it into the yard and then bluey and bingo 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 yeah Yeah. bluey and bingo are you know every time something goes out one you know the first is like bubble wrap and they lay on it okay let's pretend we're fish okay now we're gonna pretend like we're lizards and now we're gonna pretend like whatever and they just kept like evolving eventually they became cave people because they had a big box that they decided was a cave and they did paintings of all the other things they imagined themselves doing so they were imagining themselves dressing (laughs) like drawing out the evolution of what they did anyway at some point the parents looked back and saw the kids and they realized you know they were kind of bickering a little bit not really but kind of Trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to put this bench together, going, oh, well, we could work together better. And it wasn't explicitly said that they learned from the kids or anything. They just saw what the kids were doing and said, we got to do better, you know? Mm-hmm. And then at the end, so as it goes along, Bluey decides, Bingo, pretend like I'm your mom and you're my baby. And then you know, the next thing they do, Bingo would be like, I want to pretend like I'm a kid now. Okay, well, you pretend like okay, I want to pretend like I'm a teacher now. Okay. And then it was, which is funny because, you know, they have like the evolution thing. Uh, then they have mm-hmm. her pretending like she's growing up at the same time each <laughs> stage, which is kind of funny. That's funny. And eventually they pretend like they were birds and Bigo flew away. And Ooh. then Bluey goes, oh, what do I do now? And her mm-hmm. parents were sitting there on the bench. They finally finished and said, just come sit. And she sat and they just watched Bingo pretend like she was a bird that just flew away after growing up. <laughs> And it was like nothing was explicitly said. There wasn't like an explicit this is the message of this episode kind of deal. But it was like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, nice and subtle, which is kind of weird for a kid's show. Yes, yes. A lot of kids programming are is very in your face. Not like we're trying to send a message. Woke America type of messaging. (laughs) But like, but just like, you know, the number of the day, the letter of the day in Sesame Street. Very obvious, you know. But with Bluey, it is a refreshing change of pace of just these very subtle teaching moments built around all of the play, all of the parents just being like very normal, very healthy parents. Naturally, with a kid's <laughs> show, yeah. you hope that all the parents are OK and not homer and marge but you never know so it is a refreshing change of pace change of pace to have these parents that are um they're good parents they're good parents they love their kids they're willing to go very far for them and they're they also have that gentle parenting of like being willing to admit when you're wrong as a parent to your kid yeah yeah i don't know if you froze okay no i man see this is how i know that brandon's a dad 
and I'm not yet. Because he's like, yeah, you don't want Homer as, as a dad and a kid. Joe. I'm like, what are you talking about? Bluey, but the dad is Bender? That sounds great. Bluey, but the dad is Bender. Burping fire. <laughs> Shut up, kid. Shut up, kid. Shut up, kid. I know it. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, man. I am. Um, so so this is this is the last episode I'll talk about. And then we'll let okay. you tell us if you have a favorite episode, what it might be. Okay. But it was, uh, I think it's like the creek or something like that. I don't remember the exact name. But the kids were playing on the playground. It was Bluey and some friends. And they were basically just sad. They were tired of all the swings and stuff. And the dad just really didn't want to get up. But eventually he did. Mm -hmm. And he was like, leads them to the wood where he used to play in the creek. Mm -hmm. Which also, just a side random note. I didn't like how they animated the creek. It looked gross. Anyway. So they went into the the woods and they like saw the stuff. And Bluey, it's never like, oh, she's scared and needs to learn courage. Again just not explicit Mm -hmm. but you know she's like she has these moments of where she can't figure out how to walk on a thing or she's kind of afraid to jump from one thing to the next and this kind of stuff and her dad just downplays everything like oh no you you got this okay no it's fine oh you fell okay that's cool (laughs) you know he Mm -hmm. didn't make a big deal out of anything (laughs) and then they make it to the creek eventually and this is funny because i just watched this after i went on this camping trip myself and i went to cumberland island saw some cool wild horses and different stuff cool Bluey's at the creek. She goes to get water for or mud for one of the games they're playing where they're piling mud on the dad's face, naturally. And yeah, they're doing a spa day. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and when she goes to get mud, she sees this like little baby dingo or baby kangaroo, baby something, mm-hmm. baby Australian mm-hmm. animal. And she said, and, and it's funny because she's been saying throughout the time, like she was trying to convince herself, like the river's beautiful or gorgeous or something. And then that time mm-hmm. she goes, oh, the river's and then throughout else, you see her as she's going back doing all these things that she kind of hesitated or was a little scared to do or, you know, yeah. whatever. No problem. And for me, someone who just really likes camping and like the outdoors and stuff, I'm like, that's it. And I never had to say it. And I think that was the cool thing. One of my favorite jokes in that one is the dad warns everybody to watch out for drop bears, which drop <laughs> bears, for those of you who don't yeah. know, is this urban legend in australia of basically like evil koala bears but they're totally made up and they use this as a tactic to scare tourists when they come to visit australia so the dad's like watch out for drop bears and bingo goes wait really no 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 but seriously look out for snakes there's snakes back here (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then at the end of the episode there was something else i forget what it was it's like wait really and he goes no but we do need to check you for tits (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember what the what the animal was that second God, time, but yeah, funny. it was. Fun. was but like, seriously, right. we have to check you for ticks. <laughs> yeah, like great dad humor, very mm-hmm. dad like. <laughs> oh man, so do you have a favorite episode of Bluey? I do really like Shadowland. Like I said earlier, I do really like Shadowland. I like camping. Probably one of the ones that I laugh the most at is that there is an episode where Bluey and Bingo pretend to be old ladies. Okay, Uh that is the game. They pretend to be old ladies. Um, Rita and Joan or something like that. It's like very old (laughs) fashioned women's (laughs) names. But Bingo wants to dating the show ever so slightly already. Bingo keeps wanting to floss. And Bluey's like, no, Bingo, you don't floss. Old ladies don't floss. And so they like (laughs) 
um, FaceTimed with their grandparents to see if they could floss and they couldn't. So then Bingo got really upset. So then Bluey learn goes back on FaceTime to teach their grandparents how to floss because <laughs> the mom was talking to Bluey and was like, do you want to be right or do you want Bingo to play? Because Bl- Bingo did not want to play anymore because Bluey was right. And mm. the mom was like, do you want to be right or do you want Bingo to play? So Bluey goes and teaches her grandparents how to floss so that way they could do it in front of Bingo. So that way they could go back <laughs> to playing old lady which by the way playing old lady was a hilarious game of parking wherever you wanted to and talking very loudly in grocery stores and just very very obviously very stereotypical offensive things but they're six and four years old so it's like they just see the world around them and go okay old ladies talk really loud in grocery (laughs) stores and don't drive very well and things it's very funny and similar to similar to that park bench episode or the swinging bench episode you brought up earlier of the parents kind of learning a little bit from the kids during the course of the events of the episode Mm -hmm. At the very end, Bluey and Bingo, both dressed as old ladies, are flossing. And the mom and dad look at them and say, do you think we'll be as active as they are at their age? Which they're not (laughs) talking about the children. They're talking about the two old ladies they're playing as. And the parents are like, will we be as active as them when we're their age? And it's this (laughs) cute moment, but also like. It's nice. It's nice because the parents are like taking this joking moment to look forward to their own lives as they get older. It's a surprisingly thoughtful show. I haven't seen that episode yet, but I now want to. I am. And I think that's that's a good moral for geeks. You know, Okay, (laughs) that's something. uh, Let's see. This is something that, that it does irritate me so often. Geeks rather be right than play. Rather be right than yeah. people watch your movie and show or support them at the theater. You know, it's like, isn't that a dude, T-shirt you guys what? have now? Like what you like and don't be a jerk about it or something that like is, that. That is, they could go check that out at systematicgeekology.org. But that plug, but I. <laughs> but I really do like it, it's something that I'm I'm guilty of. I'll you know I'm I'm gonna make this about me. And the people who are observing, like Bluey, decide that this also applies to them, then cool. Okay. You know, I have a problem with like when it's Captain America or like Lord of the Rings or something that I'm like super attached to. Okay. Some stuff irritates me. The fact that Red Skull didn't come back and they still haven't brought him back for a Captain Steve Rogers versus Red Skull movie i'm like man they're really messing this up and i get tempted to just kind of tell everybody how they're messing it up and this isn't how it's supposed to be and you know i'm just like man mm-hmm. wait a minute aren't i just glad that there's a captain america movie <laughs> like can't i just enjoy that and let other people enjoy sure. it like can't that just be a thing and like yeah there's stuff that they they did in rings of power that wasn't exactly like the silmarillion man can't i just be glad that i'm getting more middle earth content and just let everybody have fun with it <laughs> you know I'm like come on yeah i uh I'm going to be I don't know when this episode is coming out. So or this other episode. So I don't know when this bluey episode is coming out. (laughs) But sometime in April, I'm going to be on my French, my friend's podcast. It's a a movie review show and to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, And we just saw it for a sneak preview screening yesterday. And it's one of these movies where and I think this 
this also kind of creeps into the toxic fandom side of things mm-hmm. where not to spoil it, but it's not anything special. It was fun. Chris Pine mm-hmm. is amazing because he's amazing in everything he's in. But it's it's not anything really to write home about. It's just a fun, maybe little too long movie. And that's okay. <laughs> We've kind of lost this whole viewpoint of once upon a time, the best that we could get in geek movies was Nicolas Cage as Ghost Rider. Like that's the best we could. Mm, that was the most yeah. we could look forward to there for a while. Yeah. The most that we could look forward to was Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern. Like that was something we all got excited about at one point. The The point I'm trying to make here is that sometimes in this whole like, like what you like and don't be a jerk about it is that it is fine when some of this content comes out and it's just entertaining. Not everything. I think we've been maybe a little spoiled yeah. by the MCU and now the MCU is even paying for it in a way of not <laughs> everything has to be groundbreaking and the next big thing although maybe the mcu needs a little bit more of a direction anyway but the the point i'm trying to make here is that sometimes we can just enjoy these forms of content for the pure enjoyment of it for the pure entertainment value of it because we used to that's where we came from every once in a while we had these groundbreaking films blade x-men Batman 1989, Superman the movie, more accurately, Superman 2. Like we we had these like (laughs) groundbreaking films every once in a while peppered in with other stuff that's just kind of fun to watch now. And I I think we need to get back to that. We need to get back to less of this toxic mindset of what you were saying of it has to be exactly the way that I want it, which is what you hear a lot from the Star Wars fans, maybe just to to pick yep. one particular group of people. Yep. <laughs> Not all Star Wars fans are toxic. See Pastor Will and my wife as an example. Like there are some Star Wars fans who are very much like, hey, I'm just happy to have more. I'm just happy to have another movie. I'm just happy to have another show. And I think the wider geek audience. Yeah, we just need to be happy. That we get this thing every once in a while. And yeah, not everything is great. And sometimes you can point out the fact that Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World and the Eternals weren't good. But Thor the Dark World was good, by the way. Did you like (laughs) Thor the Dark World? I thought we all agreed that that one was not good. Um, But we can also be happy that for the past 20 years, Marvel has been putting out a pretty consistently good product. Yeah, yeah. So here's case study case study the miss marvel show okay i first watched it mind you miss marvel i have like in in each genre of things or each platform i guess you know books comics movies i'll pick like three or four things i'm like this is i'll rate this 10 out of 10 because to me okay my quick rant about how why i think people rate things wrong people rate things like you're grading them a rating is not a grading you know 70 Mm -hmm. isn't average five is average because when you're rating you're saying zero Mm -hmm. is the worst not 0% good, and you're saying 10 is the best, not 100% good. So 5 should be average. I follow. Sure. Yeah. Because rating and grading are different. Anyway, that's just my little side note. (laughs) Fair enough. But uh, Miss Marvel is the by Kamala Khan, by Kamala Khan, by uh, G. Willow Wilson, Mm -hmm. is the like one of like three comic books. I'll give a 10 out of 10. Okay. It is the best for me of comics. So when this show came out, 
I was expecting that comic, but on TV. So I was expecting sure. 10 out of 10 show, which it obviously wasn't. And I tried to prepare myself not to get my expectations too high. But you know what? When you're trying to convince yourself not to have expectations too high, it doesn't really work. <laughs> so I watched it and I was like, OK, episode one and two, I kind of got behind. And then the middle mm-hmm. ones happened. And then the last one, I was like, oh, hey, they kind of hinted at what I wanted in the first place. And then okay. I, I had to watch it a second time and realize, oh, wait. I just need to watch it for what it is, not for what I want it to be. And I enjoyed it a lot more. And now, currently, I'm reading The Bird King by G. Willow Wilson and getting Mm. more into her writings and realizing, man, this might just be one of my favorite authors ever. Nice. That book is one of the best books I've read in an extremely long time. And it's just kind of, hey, guys, there's there's a way of there's sometimes you you, it's a 10 out of 10, right? Sometimes it's, Mm -hmm. hey, this is just for relaxing. You know, it's an Animal mm-hmm. Crossing. It's a Bluey. Maybe it's not your favorite ever, but it's it's nice. Just fun. Watch it. You know, just enjoy it. Sure. And then sometimes you can take these things that you loved and find a way to go deeper and let other people have their own entrance to it. You know, like somebody else gets introduced to Miss Marvel by that show. That's cool. I don't have to get introduced again. I've already been introduced. I can go mm-hmm. read her novels now and love those. Sure. And this is where, you know, I'm going to be cheesy and, and make that little Bible like Hopefully it doesn't feel like I'm forcing it in here, but Do there are it. parts. Of, <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean? Like there are parts of the Bible where you read it, like some of the Psalms and Proverbs, and it's just uplifting. It just makes you feel better. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. And there are parts where you're like, what the heck? God just had this guy sacrifice his own virgin daughter after she went and had a party celebrating that her life is over. <laughs> right. What is this about? And that, you want to dig deeper happened. because you're like, why? Why is this in the Bible? <laughs> right? Like, right. Yeah, that's, that's something you like should the, study. That's like the entirety of the book of Judges, though, because that's where that story is you're referencing. God. It's like the book yeah. of Judges is a very dark moment in the history yes. of the Bible, <laughs> just overall. Yeah. And you know what's funny, Josh, is that as uh, coming back to the Miss Marvel thing for a second, is that you have those instances of like, well, that wasn't what I was hoping for. That's how I felt about Captain America Civil War. Because I love the Civil War graphic novel and like Captain America versus Iron Man did happen. It's kind yeah. of it. It was still good, but it not. Was, it was it, good. It should have been named something else, I feel like. Correct. But then on the flip side, you have these instances, instances where it is very close to the book and people still hate it. Watchmen mm-hmm. is a great example of that. Not the HBO series, but the Zack Snyder film. Watchmen because it is shot for shot panel for panel dialogue for dialogue from the book to the movie as so Mm. for me Watchmen is a 10 out of 10 I love Alan Moore and I love that book so many layers and (laughs) and I thought it's one of those few times where I was like Zack Snyder well done and coming from the DC guy. One of those few times I was like, well done, Zack Snyder. (laughs) But it got panned because Zack Snyder didn't take enough creative liberty. So you're going to get this both ways of whether you're true to the book or not. People are just not going to be happy about it. And maybe we should just turn on Bluey and enjoy ourselves a little bit. Yeah. To go back to your Star Wars example. Sure. When the sequels were coming out, that first one, I watched it and I was like, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was Star Wars. Force Awakens. Star Wars. It was Star Wars, you know? It, was, it mm-hmm. wasn't anything special. Then everybody complained that it was so much like the original movie, and they're just trying to do a copy and paste, but with a, with a female lead. And I'm mm-hmm. like, who, who cares? It was Star Wars. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Then The Last Jedi came out, and they did everything different. 
And I loved it. I was like, oh, man, I didn't expect literally any of this. And Agreed. I get excited when a movie can surprise me. I get excited. Like, um, that's what I loved about Captain America Winter Soldier, because at that point, okay. comic book movies didn't quite cross the line. That one was like, no, we're going to do it exactly like the comics in some ways. Some of those sure. things that you don't expect us to do, like we're just going to bring Hydra back, go full comic book style. Mm-hmm. You just didn't expect movies to do that back then. So I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. So that is a good one. Yeah. But Last Jedi, I was like, that was so cool. Then everybody complained that it was too different and it wasn't like anything and it wasn't mm-hmm. like the legend books and it wasn't like the old movies. And I'm like, guys, that you literally just complained it was too much like those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, chill. <laughs> I, I I got a little toxic when Rogue One came out because I was like, OK, I get it. We're going to learn about Ray's parents. I'm not dumb. And then it comes out and it's really very different from the rest of the Star Wars universe. And when Claire and I left the first movie we saw together as a couple, BT dubs, and oh. yeah, we both got out and we were like, huh. I don't know about that movie. Now Rogue One's <laughs> one of my favorite Star Wars films. Okay, good. Because good. I was once worried. You can I was get, like, <laughs> once you can get past, I didn't really care for Andor, the the TV series. But Me once either. I got, I kind of got past the like the shock of, oh, this is actually very different. I really liked it. It's a Star Wars action movie. Yeah. Also, that's just a fun thing about me. I like sad things sometimes. I love sad songs. If it's okay. done poetically, I think it's cool. And I think that movie did a good job at having a sad ending that had meaning. It wasn't like it was just mm-hmm. sad to be sad. Like there was a reason for it. So it was cool. Sure. But yeah, sometimes it's good to just sit and stuff and enjoy it for what it is. Watch them play mm-hmm. a magic. Here's a fun thing that'll uh, make a lot of geeks angry. All of our favorite movies are just adults playing pretend. And sometimes you just That's watch true. them play pretend. Have fun with it. Like, oh, man, isn't it cool? Bingo thinks she's a bird flying around. Awesome. <laughs> I was trying to I couldn't I was trying to come up with an actor and say, and look, so and so thinks they're a good actor. But I couldn't. I blinked on every name. Every name I came up with was, was like someone who is a good actor. So, That's but yeah, funny. man, the guy who played Han Solo on Solo, <laughs> he thinks that he's a good actor. I heard he's good in Cocaine Bear, though. I heard it, that's more oh, his spot well. doing comedies about to bears be fair, killing people. It was an awful idea for anyone to take the role of Han Solo. Like everyone well, should yeah. have known you are going to get hate for this, yeah. <laughs> regardless of how well you do it. Yeah. Just yeah, not, I've got I've got some I've got like mixed feelings on Solo. We don't we don't have to go into yeah, solo yeah. right now. That TJ can be a whole it. separate episode. Every time I watch it, I dislike it less. Yeah. See, my one one of my brothers who's super into Star Wars dislikes it more every t- every time there's one more thing that makes him mad. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to say about learning to kind of just rest in things, learning to kind of, I don't know, maybe be more at peace, maybe have a comfort show or a comfort Bible verse, anything like that? Yeah, I, I would. I, I guess that is a good point to bring up is that I think to uh, a lot of times in evangelical American Christianity, for those of us out there who are trying to, for lack of a better term, fix it, uh, we we present spirituality and we present our Christian faith as like this very hard science. Like we're, you know, this is coming from the guy whose show is based on going to seminary that it's we we want to make it like a. <laughs> hard you know this is a tough religion that we you know you have to be diligent in your studying that 
life isn't good. Life is difficult. Life is full of pain. And these things are all true. But I feel like we make it all about that because pop culture Christianity, as I call it over on MSL, is very light. It's very (laughs) fluffy. It is very, you know, cotton candy. But I think for those of us who are trying to maybe combat against pop culture Christianity, which I think it's appropriate to do. Don't get me wrong. I think we're overcorrecting at times and we lose the fact that this there are comfort passages in scripture. There are gentle and meek moments with Jesus along this journey and that we do we can't dismiss that. We do need to recapture that in a better, more biblically accurate way than maybe pop culture American Christianity does normally present it, you know. I guess for an example of pop culture Christianity, for those of you who are like, what? Uh, Hobby Lobby and all Mm -hmm. of the decorative wooden signs. And okay, we don't have Christian bookstores anymore. But if for those of us who are old, like Josh and I, (laughs) if you recall, there used to be like sections of like books all about marriage and dating and how to spend your money for Jesus and a thousand and one books on leadership. They sell those at Hobby Lobby now. Right. They got grafted over there. Like, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about, like, pop culture Christianity. It's like a very, you know, very emotionally driven. um, Some people would gender it and say it's a very feminine approach to Christianity. I'm not really for that because I'm not really for that type of description because I think the masculine form of Christianity also isn't all that accurate either. I think we've uh, that kind of falls into that whole we're making this a very like tough, rigid. You're starting to sound a little yin <laughs> Oh, sorry. I can stop <laughs> if you want. Um, no, go, go on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, what a shock. The martial artist started talking yin, yin and yangish. <laughs> um, but I think that for those of us who are trying to push back against this, like only soft Christianity with a only hard Christianity, we need to acknowledge the fact that we have these passages of scripture, Psalm 23. We have passages of scripture, like Jesus saying, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We have passages like Mm -hmm. Jesus saying, let the little children come to me. Like we have these passages where Things are gentle. Things are meek. Things are mild. And that's okay. And we need that as part of our spirituality, as part of our spiritual formation to have these points when we can go into a gentleness, a meekness mode. Yes, there is times to, I don't like to, I also don't like wartime rhetoric. I think that's something we've abused as well. But there are times where we are to, Stand firm in our faith. I'll put it that way. There are times to stand firm. There are times to say, thus saith the Lord, you need to repent. But there are times to rest in the Lord, to approach people in gentleness, in meekness. Kindness is a fruit of the spirit. Anger is not. Just going to put that one out there. Like, Yeah. Well, since we were talking about why Animal Crossing was popular, especially during 2020, sure. I'm throw out there. Uh, in my own observations in 2020, I didn't see any of the the angry Christians talking about how Macs don't really work or talking about whatever point or yelling about the other side. I didn't see any of them really win anybody over. But mm-hmm. I actually did see a few people who seemed happy and peaceful that people my age were actually asking them questions like, why, why 
the world's crazy. Why are you like this? <laughs> you know, like, why are you, mm-hmm. why are like, you like just this? okay right now? <laughs> How are you okay? You know? Uh-huh. And I think that, you know, gets uh, what's the peace that surpasses all understanding or whatever. Sure. That that's a thing. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I think it should be a huge red flag for yourself. If you hear the phrase rest in the Lord and you're not really quite sure what it means. If you haven't that had you, that kind of moment. Yeah, for sure. You should seek or, it. In, or even if you're just like anti rest in general, um, friend of the show, actually friend of all of the shows present. <laughs> uh, Matthew Winter posted recently on Facebook oh, yeah. about how Christians need to slow down. I think I may have used the word frick because, you know, <laughs> I'm a yeah. 2010 millennial Christian. Um need to slow the frick down and i i couldn't agree more i think that is part of christianity that is absolutely a part of christianity is this this one's for you josh is this <laughs> shire mentality of being able to yeah. sit back enjoy your pipe enjoy your ale be very aware of what is out there because that's kind of what happens in the lord of the rings the hobbits do go home wiser and more aware of what the world is like there and sam still gets married and has a life and pip and mary presumably just keep being slightly mischievous and things like that so i can only hope we can only hope that they continued to steal fireworks um (laughs) but we oh man we need to rest we need to find that comfort show it is okay to have a comforting bible verse it is okay to you know have that you brought up having sad music like i'm not really a sad music person but that indie coffee shop music yeah that's that's a good one for me i love jj heller i don't know who all if you've anyone has listened to her music she writes lullabies she writes christian lullabies and they're peaceful and they're just when what the doctor ordered when you need some rest and you need a break from the world. To go back to being a little yin yang, I can do it too, it turns out. So, oh, yeah, because th- this is this is a little bit ironic. Um, after my car accident that I had like in 2016, mm-hmm. my femur was shattered. Uh, I had a collapsed lung, had to have like two brain surgeries. It was a whole ordeal. I was very broken. I wasn't allowed to look at screens, couldn't read, couldn't do anything. And since I couldn't look at screens or read, I couldn't read the Bible. But I did this thing where of all things, I had this comfort verse that I was quoting to myself that made no sense for a comfort <laughs> verse. That's why I say it's yin yang, right? Because it was it was a uh, like Isaiah 28 one. What's funny is I have a hard time remembering it now, but it stuck okay. in my head very clearly at that point for some reason. And it was like the Lord with his great and powerful and mighty sword will slay Leviathan. Yes, Leviathan, the mighty serpent. <laughs> I love how a verse about Leviathan got stuck in your <laughs> yeah, head yeah. during the Lord what sounds the like a very, a very traumatic event. Here's a sto- Here's a verse about God slaying what was probably a mythical creature <laughs> that the original yeah. audience was well, familiar with. What's funny is so in like Hebrew poetry, Leviathan and the waters all represent like chaos. So I was yeah. able to like see why that actually made sure. sense. Sure, sure. And, cool. and I preached it at a later date. And I took my grandfather, who recently passed the Bible, to preach. Mind mm-hmm. you, I've gone through this thing forward and backward several times, looking for any notes or anything. There wasn't anything in it. I was super aggravated. <laughs> so when I opened okay. it to Isaiah 28, 1, and that was the one verse that was highlighted, that was Let's pretty go. weird. That was a cool moment. <laughs> That's that awesome. Like, hey, God's cool. 
But yeah, so God slaying was my comfort first. Let's go. Well, I like to believe also my grandfather's comfort for, first for it some reason. Like it. Yeah, that's just, awesome. You know, this is comforting. God kills things. God, God <laughs> slays chaos. I mean, that I mean, that is very technically, helpful. <laughs> technically, that is comforting. very helpful. Yeah, just worded in a very yank kind of way. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was man. one big sword. At least yeah. in my imagination, it is. <laughs> oh, man. So did you have anything else you wanted to add or fun notes to put at the end of this? Fun notes to put at the end of this. Um, check out Bluey. Obviously, play Animal Crossing. Be imaginative that I was going to get on that soapbox. We actually have oh, talked about this over yeah. at My Seminary Life before. We talked about something mm-hmm. that SG talked about of why do they celebrate Christmas in Narnia? That came out as part of the holiday special 20 holiday party 2023 episode. If you want to go check it out over at my seminary life, Josh and I talked about this and got on the topic of like, hey, that Christian guy, C.S. Lewis is used (laughs) Father Christmas. And there's a lot of Christians who they don't like Santa Claus too much. And we talked about just like this embracing Mm. of imagination or by some Christians, it seems like more in the liturgical church context. And then people in the um, in the evangelical Christianity side of things who the more that I've I don't know if I talked about it in this episode, Josh, but it's something I've reflected on more is that truth and imagination make believe like they're not seen as things that can go together, but as enemies that truth have to triumph over. Truth has to triumph over make-believe and imagination. And I just really mm. wish we could stop thinking that way. Like, I, And to be fair, I think a bunch of people listening to a Christian geek podcast are not going <laughs> to think that way, that they're going to be very embracing of imagination and bringing that together with the Christian faith to teach truth, but we speaking to a uh, even broader audience, like we really Mm. need to recapture the value of imagination that that our imagination is something that is a part of us, which means that that is something that is being sanctified in us. And I really think that imagination is one of those things that one of those, like a muscle, like you use it or lose it type of situation. And the more times we use it, the stronger it gets. And as we open this up to being something that God for God to sanctify for the Holy spirit to change in our life, to be more like Jesus, then Mm -hmm. we can have a powerful imagination that we can relate to our children in a way to build them up and to just, you know, have a bit of a life. Mm. It's okay to be creative. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're thinking about how you understand your Bible or when you're watching bluey, (laughs) just remember Something doesn't have to be historically factual to be true. We did just talk about the whole Leviathan thing. (laughs) Also, parables aren't real stories. Those aren't like autobiographical stories. Those were those were made up on the moment. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Like a rant I could do, but I'll just for now say it does aggravate. No, actually, the historical parts of the Bible, it just aggravates me how much people argue about whether it happened or not. Like, yeah, it's an important thing to talk about, but also Man, whether it happened or not, it's uh, the point of the story is still true. So, sure. sure. <laughs> cool. That, okay. That kind of gets into the Job conversation of was Job an actual event that occurred or was that is it just an allegorical 
piece yeah. of wisdom literature. And if you're C.S. Lewis, it's like broke or made better, like six of one, half a dozen of the other. You know, it's the, the point yeah. still stands. Yeah, it's like if you were to tell me a story about your dog or something <laughs> to like make an illustration for a point we're talking about. And I stopped you. And went, Wait a minute. Do you actually have a dog? <laughs> it's like, that's clearly not <laughs> the point of this. Like, why is that your focus right now? Right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this I is, think that's this it for me. Long though. and fun. We probably could do more Bluey episodes. Um, There's a whole but... bunch. I've watched a lot of kids shows. Again, if you want this to be a thing, <laughs> a whole, whole series of kids shows, <laughs> whole thing. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Well, maybe the next kid show will be on our YouTube. People should go over there and check it out. Uh, but for now, we're going to wrap this one up, starting with recommendations. Um, I don't have anything off the top of my head. Give me a second. Oh, the new Spider-Gwen Shadow Clones. Pretty good. I'm going to recommend that one. Brandon. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stick with the theme of kid shows. So to those few parents who are listening to SG, if you haven't gotten around yet to sit your kid down and watch the reboot of Fraggle Rock, Fraggle Rock Back at the Rock, it's an Apple TV Plus exclusive. It's really good. That Jim Henson guy, he he did something magical with the Muppets, with his, you know, the Muppet characters, because, man, you, you turn on something that's a Jim Henson production for a kid, they will sit motionless and enjoy every moment of it. And so and as an adult, it's also not quite as engaging as Bluey, but <laughs> you can you can definitely like you're picking up on the messages, what they're trying to teach the kid. And it's at least something my wife and I appreciated what they were teaching. And with that, we need you all to do us one really important favor. And remember that we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.